It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you'll be swept off to. That's what Gandalf the Grey told Frodo Baggins at the beginning of their adventure. Have you ever felt like life is like that road? Like you've been swept away, you don't know where you're going, you don't know where to put your feet to hold on? Well, that's what we're here for today. We're here to talk about the Wildwood, where all the crazy things happen, where all the wild stuff happens, and you just don't know which direction to go. Today, I'm going to bring you some words from the Wildwood that'll help you keep your feet. Welcome back, everybody, to our podcast. We have come a long journey to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is where we are today. We have come to the end of this journey through all of Solomon's recollections. He has looked back over his life, his decisions. He looks at where he is now as an older man, a man coming to the end of his life, asking the question, what does my life amount to? I have asked myself these questions many times, and if you are an older individual, you've done the same. You wonder, has my life left an impression in this world? Has my life changed anything for other people? Have I helped other people? Have I served God faithfully in such a way that other people can see the goodness of God in my life, in my attitude, and in my actions? It's amazing because, you know, Solomon has told us all that is wrong with life all the bad decisions that he made, all of the terrible things that were consequences of him ignoring the word of God, ignoring the precepts of God, and allowing his emotions to lead him into a life of destruction. But you know, here in chapter 12, he decides, you know what, we've talked about this, so let's sum it up. Let's put all of this together and see what it says to us. To end this exploration of life, its choices, and ultimate futility, Solomon offers us three pieces of advice, three final things that we can cling to as we try to navigate through life. The first piece of advice is this, think about God every day. Many men will tell you, I start my day with prayer, or I start my day in meditation. I begin my day with a few verses of scripture and ask myself, what do these things do? Charles Stanley, uh, the great pastor, always said he began his day on his knees. And uh, now that I'm older, I think I should begin my day in my rocking chair because that's about as far down to the floor as I can get. But it's true. Look at what it says right here. Ecclesiastes 12.1. So remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of adversity come and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. Before the sun and the light are darkened and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain on the day when the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. The women who grind grain cease because they are few, and the ones who watch through the windows see dimly. The doors at the street are shut, for fear is what the implication is, while the sound of the mill fades, when one rises at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song grow faint. Now this is a very sad opening to the concluding chapter, because it talks about the ravages of old age. Those of us who've been around a while 
have seen those that we love, mother, father, aunts, uncles, grandparents. We've seen them go through that process of getting older, getting frailer, getting weaker. So these images are very familiar to us. They were familiar to Solomon. Solomon was going through that time when the eyes weren't so good, the ears weren't so good. Perhaps the, the, the teeth were missing from his head because they had rotted out. Didn't have very good dental hygiene, you know, back in the day. So it, it seemed like a lot of the things in life were just not as enjoyable as they had been earlier on. But consider this. Consider Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 12. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. Now, we know that scripture from the New Testament, but it's based right here in the book of Deuteronomy. And these words that I have commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Your whole day should encompass an awareness of who God is, what God is doing, and how God is leading. This is the joy of every Christian to know that at any moment you can stop, you can close your eyes, and you can know the presence of God in your life speaking to you and leading to you and leading you. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care, that you, that lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery." Everything in the land of Canaan was there, all good things existing for them to simply go in and take command of. And that is still the same way today. When you give your life to Christ, you inherit all of the good things that God has for his people. His provision, his strength, his protection, the, the, the God who gives you wisdom and insight. He gives you his word. All of that comes to you, not because you've worked for it, but because it is a gift from God. It is something he gives us so that we can live our life appropriately. And all these things Solomon knew from the time he was a child because Deuteronomy was the pattern by which Israel should live. And the warning was, be grateful, remember the Lord. And he says it again here, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Why? Because what you learn as a child becomes the foundation for what you know as an adult. Everything that I know today, I can trace back to being taught that in Sunday school, in Bible study, in VBS, all those things that I learned that gave me a foundation for who God is, what God is doing, what Christ did for us, the ABCs of salvation. You know, all of that comes from the being young. And yes, in your middle years, sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you take a wrong turn. Sometimes you think you're smarter than you are, or you think that your culture is right, and maybe everything else is a little old-fashioned. But you know what? The longer you live, like Solomon, the more you realize God's way is the best way. God's way is the safest way. And when we leave that, we leave our safety. 
Now, the second preceptor is right here, beginning in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 5. We need to accept that death will come. We need to accept that the day will come when we will die. Whether we're 13, 30, 60, 90, or 101, death will find you someday. Ecclesiastes 12, 5. Also, they are afraid of heights, talking about the older people and the dangers on the road. The almond tree blossoms, that's, that's a, an image of us growing older, our hair turns white. The grasshopper loses its spring, and as we get older, we lose our spring too. And the caper berry has no effect. Caper berries were used for antioxidants, they, 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 they increased our health, our strength, our stamina, but when you get to a certain age, they just don't help anymore. For the mere mortal is headed for his eternal home, and the mourners will walk around in the street. We all need to realize our day is coming, and it's not important what day we die, whether we're 90, 100, or 60, or even 30. It doesn't matter when we die. It's what we do while we're waiting to die. And the one day the mourners will walk around will walk around the street. It says, Before the silver cord is snapped, the golden bowl is broken, and the jar is shattered at the spring, and the wheel is broken into the well. That wheel that pulls the, the bucket up is broken. It says in verse 7, And the dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Dust to dust, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. That's a phrase that comes out of the Middle Ages, but it comes from right here in the book of Ecclesiastes also. The dust returns to the earth because man was made of dust, but the spirit that made him a living being returns to the God who sent it. And verse 8 finishes it up, absolutely futile, says the teacher. Everything is futile. If you look at it from the point of view that death will come to all, no matter how righteous or how wicked, it seems futile until you really begin to look at the question of how did you live your life? Consider Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to eternal life, and some to eternal shame and contempt. That's what it's about. The book of Daniel is a prophetic book. It talks about the last days when the end of mankind will come and the dead in Christ shall rise to glory and those who have died without trusting Christ will face eternal judgment. And that's simply what the book of Daniel is about those last days. But that's it for us. We know that we will die, but we will be raised to everlasting life and, and that is the joy of being a Christian. Jesus said, if I go away, I'm going to come back. When I come back, I'm going to grab you. When I grab you, I'm going to take you to where I myself am. Therefore, you will be with me forever. And that's good. That is all a believer can ask is to spend eternity with our God, with our Savior in heaven. And that's why we don't despair. We don't despair about the silver cord being snapped, the golden bowl broken, the jar shattered. No matter what happens to this earthly body, we are going to be with the Lord. The very third thing he wants us to talk about tonight and the very final thing for this series, you must be ready to face God on Judgment Day. Ecclesiastes 12.9 says this, in addition 
to the teacher being a wise man, he consistently taught the people knowledge. He weighed, explored, and arranged many Proverbs. We have the book of Proverbs to this day. The teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. The sayings of the wise are like cattle prods, and those from the masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails, meaning they pierce us with the truth. The sayings are given by one shepherd, and that is God our Father. But beyond these, my son, be warned, there is no end of the making of many books, and much study wearies the body. Solomon knew well that constantly studying, constantly trying to understand, constantly trying to ingest all this knowledge simply wears out the body when we have the totality of God's teaching and we can rest in that and be rejuvenated by that rather than wearied by trying to figure out how many other places have knowledge. It says, when all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this, fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act into judgment including those hidden things, whether good or evil. We all know that God sees everything in our life. He sees what we think, what we feel, what we say. He knows those things. And if we were all to be judged by those things, we would all be found wanting. We would all be found coming up short. Consider Deuteronomy 10. 12 through 13. Here we are in Deuteronomy 10. This is Moses writing to the people of Israel, reminding them of what they've been through for the last 40 years, preparing them to go into the promised land. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Wow. He's letting them go into the promised land. He's been told he can't go. He's been told that his his uh, indiscretions uh, in, in, in striking the rock rather than speaking to it have, have barred him from entering the promised land, but that he's not been forsaken by God. He will be received by God. In fact, if, if what we know from the book of Revelation is true, Moses will make his reappearance during the days of the tribulation. He will be there to serve God because he was a faithful servant of God. And it says this, you know, do what the Lord requires. Fear him, walk after him, serve him with all of your heart, with all your soul. Keep those commandments. And for us who are believers, for those of us who are Christians, cling to Christ for salvation. That is the whole thing. That is what eliminates the fear of judgment because we cannot be judged because Christ has been judged in our place. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. But remember, if we look at that picture from the book of Revelation, yes, they open the books. These are the good things you did. These are the bad things you did. These are the things you thought. These are the, the feelings of jealousy, envy, rage that were inside of you. And it says that then a final book was opened, and that is the book of life, the book of the Lamb. And if your name is not in that book, no matter what's in the other books, you will be judged and cast from heaven because the only way we get to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. All that Solomon knew in his day was obedience to God 
was was the secret to following him and being his servant. And so now we have come to the end of the book that has been dreaded by so many over the years. Ecclesiastes uh, seems like a real downer, but it's only a downer when you realize it was written by a man who had violated God's law repeatedly. And as a result, he felt very cut off and he felt very unworthy and he felt very disappointed in all that life had brought him. He knew the kingdom would depart from his son's hands. He knew there would be no more Israel, and he knew it was his fault. But that's something that Solomon had to live with, but we don't, because we have a Savior who has paid the ultimate price to make us acceptable to our Father in heaven. My friends, I leave you this week with the end of Ecclesiastes. Remember, starting next Sunday, we will be beginning with the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and we are going to go slowly and methodically through that book so that you understand the very nature of the God you serve. You see, if you don't know the God you serve, you can be misled by people who give you a slick, half-true impression of who our God is. But after going through the book of John, you will have no doubt as to the God and the Savior that you follow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he send somebody into your life this week that you can help with your knowledge of the scripture. Until then, God bless. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today to listening to our programs. We appreciate your attention. We present this for you as a way of building up God's people, giving you hope in these dark days. They are presented to you commercial-free. We don't solicit money from any companies, Bible organizations, or churches. We put it out there because we believe wholeheartedly that the Word of God is the only hope this country or any country could have. Because we present it to you commercial-free, we do ask you to search your heart. If you feel the need to support us in any way, it, it, could be a, it could be a love offering, a gift, send me enough for a cup of coffee. I'd really appreciate it. You can send all support to Richard Stidham, S-T-I-D-H-A-M, Richard Stidham at Box 1321, Baytown, Texas, 77521. And everything you send to us will be used to keep this podcast on the air. Have a great day. God bless. And remember, keep looking up. Our salvation is drawing near.